Okay, I've got a question. What do a game coder, a pet therapist, and Mr. January have in common? Well, somehow, believe it or not, they are all key plot points or people in <laughs> 2022's Three Wise Men and a Baby. We've got a lot to talk about, Josh. We do, Jennifer, and we will unwrap it all on this episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? friends i'm jennifer and i'm josh and this episode is coming out on black friday so it is time to start thinking about holiday shopping and just in time we are so excited to announce jennifer we have merch we have merch we have merch everybody buy some buy it for your post worker postal workers your dog groomers your loved ones your unloved ones and everyone Right. And so what we've tried to do is just create a small, a modest collection, if you will, of T-shirts, aprons, things that we think our community here at Do You Watch What I Watch would really enjoy. That's right. So if you go to our website, doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com, we will have links to everything. And my only disclaimer would be if there's something you really have your heart set on, you might want to pay for expedited shipping because these are all um, custom printed, made to order because Josh and I do not have the desire or space to house everything in multiple sizes and colors and sizes no. and things in our garages. <laughs> so if you order it, you might, I mean, we don't make money on the shipping, so it doesn't matter to me, but if you really want to buy a certain time, you might want to pay for extra shipping. Just a little disclaimer there because- Tis the season for slow deliveries across the board. Yeah, exactly. And be sure to connect with us on our social media channels because we'll be posting plenty of pictures of all the swag. Maybe Jennifer and I modeling some of the swag just to give you a sense of what's out there. We might have to. And again, this is just (laughs) season one swag. I mean, stay tuned. We've got plans to grow the podcast, grow the community, and really just keep this thing moving down the train track, don't we? That's right. So I'm currently wearing, you can't really see it, but it's a red t-shirt and it says my red pea coat is at the dry cleaners. And then it has do you watch what I watch at the bottom. So if you can't, I love it. If you can't source a red pea coat, just get the red t-shirt and wear it in all weather. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's hot or cold where you are. We got you guys. Wherever, wherever. And I'm just hoping at some point I can have something that reads lo and behold, because I just feel like yes. that's my catchphrase and i want That's all of this thing. to sort of have inside joke really just sort of speak to what we're trying to build here at the podcast so we also have a few things that are a little more generic just happy christmas kind of things too so yeah. if you don't want to wear our inside jokes around you don't have to you There's don't have to you can still support <laughs> the podcast and our little pipe dream here All right, well, let's get down to business. We've got a new one to talk about here. Hallmark Channel's Three Wise Men and a Baby. Jennifer, hit us with that IMDb summary. The three brothers are surprised when they find themselves forced to care for a baby during the holidays. During the journey, they begin to rebuild their relationships as brothers while rediscovering their love for Christmas. Now, this one sounded awesome from go during the draft, but 
this was a no-brainer for you because of the three guys who are playing the three wise men here, Jennifer. That's right. We've got Paul Campbell, who's been in these movies for a while and has written a bunch. We've got Tyler Hines. The Heinies is a fan, the fan base, <laughs> are, they're strong. And Andrew Walker, who's probably my personal favorite in these movies. So you got the, the trifecta there. And it was written by Paul Campbell and Kimberly Sustad of Lights, Camera, Christmas famed oh and she so had a cameo and, and she, she had, had a cameo. cameo I loved it the, it was good to the see buzz her. around this movie has been buzzing for months I mean the Hallmarkies have mm-hmm. just been all a Twitter about it or all a tw- all a all Twitter, a, uh, all a titter Twitter tweeter who knows Anyway, they've, they've been, been talking, talking about, about it a lot. <laughs> so my biggest concern was, okay, we're all so excited about it, and it just can't live up to the hype. This is mm-hmm. my concern going into it. There was no way it could live up to the hype. And we'll see if it did or not. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Stay tuned. So we open with a thirst trap of a glistening shirtless Andrew Walker. whose real name is Luke in the movie. He's psyching himself up in the mirror until we hear his mom call for him. Lame sauce. Right. I had to laugh because, of course, we're going to get a thirst trap out of the gate. It was just such a wink and a nod to the primary core audience that had to have been watching this thing. You're sure of this? Yeah, the ladies went wild. Or the gentlemen, whoever. Um, So mom wants his help. She wants to really deck the halls at the house she hasn't done it big in a few years and aunt louise is coming to stay with them and aunt louise lost i guess her husband recently so they really want to make a big to-do of a big tree classic christmas vibe and he says i'll take care of it i'll get the brothers involved we meet one of the other brothers who is tyler hines his character's name is taylor so you know i'm gonna mess that up at some point along the way but here we are so taylor is attending a corporate event at his office um fun and games is the name of it <laughs> i'll let and it I guess slide they make fun <laughs> and games of video games so everybody's kind of dressed up as christmas whatever and we see some dickens attire because my goodness of course we have to can't go another movie without using some dickens attire i was just gonna say at this point i feel like this is a running gag on hallmark this season where they've just got to tuck it into every single one of these and they're just punking us at this point (laughs) i hope so because if they're not it's just bonkers If it wasn't so expensive, I would definitely show up in a caroling outfit the next time. Season two. We'll save it for yeah, season, season two. two. <laughs> People buy merch. We can buy some Dickens and stuff Ah, uh, yes. Oh, man. Okay, so his boss is kind of like, hey, Taylor, why didn't you dress up? And there's a little bit of tension there. We get Taylor's kind of a little bit of a curmudgeon, a little rough around the edges. And then the boss offers him a cranberry fizzle pop. What is that? Hmm. I have no idea. Some sort of cocktail, some sort of frozen treat. It's all very unclear. Oh, no, they said they did it at 930 in the morning, so they didn't have to have alcohol. But this is a video. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's like a though. I'm a big ginger fan of ale with ginger cranberry. Ale. Yeah, maybe it's that. Okay. If yeah. it's cranberry ginger ale, I'm all about it. I will. I buy out the Publix every year at the cranberry ginger ale. Indeed. Neither here nor there. Okay. So then Taylor, Tyler has a little awkward interaction with his ex and 
Um, they're all getting together to reveal the art for the new video game Limitless Horizon that he's been working on for 18 months or something. And they reveal it. It's like the surface of a planet or something. And there's a cartoon snowman kind of juxtaposed on it. And he says, I spent 18 months coding an industry-defining interface and you slap a snowman on it. And it looks like a handful of marshmallows that somebody stuffed in their pocket. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> so I, I did felt too. I to write down the entire line. It's very clear that he is not at all into anything related to the sentimentality of the season. And I kind of love that about his character early on here. Yeah, but he's not a total Scrooge. He's still no. endearing. Very. He's not a mean yeah. person. He's just not mean. Like, he's just over himself. All of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he goes to meet with the Dickens boss, and Dickens boss is basically like, hey, I don't think you're a good fit here anymore. So he storms out and says, everybody, I just quit. Who wants to come with me? And they're like, no, you, we heard you. You got fired, and nobody <laughs> likes you. So, womp womp to Taylor. <laughs> we meet the third brother, Paul Campbell, who is Stefan. And he is greeted by a redhead Susie. She has a dog. She brings him a fruitcake and asks him 1,000 questions in a millisecond. We gather that he's a dog therapist. Mm-hmm. Pet psychologist, yes. Psychologist, yes. And so she is kind of using the dog to get to him. We also see that he was an author and wrote the book Primates for Life. <laughs> <laughs> was funny it was the, the craziest book cover i've ever seen in my life very much so i mean this movie really has a good way of tucking in little jokes and jabs throughout that just kind of keep you laughing the whole time i thought it was great yeah, the zingers and one-liners are a plenty especially the first two-thirds of the movie yes and yes, yes. we in no way can we really recreate that but just trust us i laughed Ooh. out loud did you laugh out loud multiple times which you know i normally don't yeah but this was lol funny the whole time i thought yes so taylor's walking back home after losing his job and he meets neighbor mark leclerc (laughs) is that better or worse than um claire st Clair? (laughs) from Snow Bride. They're pretty much in the same vein because I think we're supposed to feel the same way about them. So this is what they do in these movies is they give these people ridiculous names so that we know that we're not supposed to like that. Right, it would be that. Josh LaJosh. Josh (laughs) Jennifer LaJen. Jennifer Jen-Bajen. Jennifer (laughs) LaJen. So Mark's a villain. He's kind of heckling Taylor. They have a little spat there. We go to the fire hall where uh, Luke has been now put on his shirt and they, his uh, co-workers are kind of rousing him and giving him a hard time because he was Mr. January in a charity um, calendar thing mm-hmm. that they did. And they say, oh, that, that beauty salon worker has had a false alarm fire three times now, which is conveniently every time Luke is working. So we think mm. Luke might have a stalker or at least somebody has a crush on old Lukey Poo. Never mind the fact that that's probably criminal in most jurisdictions, but I mean, who cares? Well, I think there's more uh, criminal adjacent things that go on in this movie anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So Stefan's trying to train a dog, and um, the guy that runs the animal shelter kind of attacks him. Is like, hey, can you come and talk at the shelter about responsible adoption? Stefan freaks out. We don't really know why. It turns out he has severe social anxiety, and he needs to take pills behind a bush. So we get that he's not, he said there's too many people and there were what, five people there maybe? 
He's mm-hmm. not big into big crowds, and that comes back later in the movie. So to recap here, we've got these three brothers, and all of them have flaws to a certain extent. You've got Taylor, who is bored and boring and kind of curmudgeon You've got Stefan, who has big-time social anxiety. And then you have Luke, who maybe has an ego, but just sort of works and works and works and works and works. He's one of those types. So they all sort of have their flaws here, which which we'll find out why moving forward. And Luke is for sure a people pleaser too. Very much so, yes. We should try to figure out what Enneagram number they are. Oh, I like that idea. I don't know quite enough about it, so I don't know. We'll, we'll get back mm. to that. Okay, yep. Stay to tuned. continue. So Taylor's um, chillaxing in his room, talking to a kid on a video game system, giving him a 12-year-old dating advice, and mom FaceTimes him. So he talks to mom, and literally the screen is like her face because she didn't realize she FaceTimed him, and I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Moms, yeah. Mom seems precious, and it turns out he lives in the basement, so mom was setting a plate for him to come to dinner. Okay, so Taylor goes upstairs to have dinner with mom and Stefan walks in and they kind of get into it, the brothers do, because Stefan is like, oh, you live in the basement. And (laughs) Taylor's like, well, you live in the backyard. He's like, it's a single detached dwelling unit. (laughs) And it has to be through the rear of the property, which is per zoning (laughs) regulations. And I had to laugh. It was kind of the mother-in-law suite. It's where Stefan is. The rapport between these guys is just great throughout the movie. I think that they're they're definitely friends and you can tell that they just had so much fun shooting this movie for sure so we cut back to the firehouse luke's there they're giving a hard time because i guess it's taken him 10 months to build his house which really isn't that bad this damage but he's been slow walking it and it turns out later this doesn't really matter but he um we learned that he keeps getting distracted by trying to help other people so he can't really fully give his attention to making selections on his house. Maybe if he hired an interior mm. designer who was NCIDQ certified, this wouldn't be an issue. But Sounds like an Enneagram 2 to me, for those of you who know the Enneagram. I think he's a 2. Yeah. I think he's a 2. He's a helper. Yeah. I think he is, too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he's doing yoga, and then there's a ring at the door, and here we go. This is when the movie really starts. There's a baby right? in a car seat bundled up with a note that uh. says, Luke, I have no one else to turn to. Please take care of Thomas for me. I'll be back by Christmas. I promise. Mm. Hey, do people just really leave babies at fire stations? I thought that was a trope. This happens from time to time because a lot of a lot of fire halls are considered safe haven type places where people can drop off babies. So this actually does happen from time to time. Now, generally, fire departments have policies and there would certainly be DCS involvement. So the very plot of this movie was a little like, we're suspending reality here. Yeah, well, we usually call child services, but it's late. And your name was on the note, Luke. It's like, does that negate any kind of legality here? (laughs) You're just taking a child? But I feel like for the sake of the movie, we're just going to let it slide. I didn't I didn't enjoy it, but that's fine. Okay. Okay. So he brings the baby home and he's freaking out because he lives at home too, obviously. They all live at home mm-hmm. or in the backyard of mom's house. He's freaking out to mom, like, what do I do? And she says, We'll figure it out. He can stay here and we'll figure out what to do in the morning. Hurt down, do they have food or diapers? Like 
<laughs> what are they doing that we kind of just crib? glossed over that anything yeah they just sort of take them in and and go with the flow sidebar this is the cutest baby you've ever seen right on television and okay. he is so well behaved throughout this entire movie and just really mm -hmm. plays the part of helpless infant beautifully give the baby an emmy i say i agree and i think i read that the, it was actually played by a pair of twins so give well, them both an emmy mary kate and ashley olsen all over again yeah <laughs> pretty much this baby's <laughs> going places though old right. thomas i've got a stay tuned I've got a good feeling about him yeah i do too one to watch <laughs> <laughs> So the next morning, Luke's with mom, like, well, what do we do with this baby? She's like, well, we can just take care of it until Christmas. If she, if the mom doesn't come back by Christmas, then we'll get, you know, Child Protective Services involved. But mom's sympathetic because her husband left, I don't know when, but at some point when the boys were young. So she's been a single mom. She knows how hard it is. She sympathized with this woman just needing help of some sort. So that was really sweet. Taylor and Stefan walk in. They're like, you have a baby? When, when did you have a baby? How long was I? When did this happen? Right. And Paul Campbell's character says, well, isn't this shaping up to be an unexpected Christmas? <laughs> I'm assuming that's a nod to last year. Tyler Hines was the lead in a movie called Unexpected Christmas on Hallmark. So. Oh, see. If it wasn't I'm an intentional nod. nod, it should have been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm betting Which it actually that movie was. was my favorite of last year's movies in case anybody cares or is wondering. It's very good. If it's on, you should watch it. Okay. So, uh, I'm taking too long, I feel like. I'm just going to tell you second by second what happens in this movie because I was so high <laughs> on it. Okay, so they're all kind of, you know, going to rally around the baby. And then mom gets a call from Aunt Louise, or a call that Aunt Louise is in the ER. She fell, I guess, and has a concussion. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, we'll handle it. You go, mom. So, mom goes out of town somewhere to help Aunt Louise. And spoiler alert, the pass gets blocked by snow, so Mom doesn't come back until the last like two seconds of this movie. So these boys slash men are left all alone with this baby to try to figure out what to do, a la three men and a baby, a la Full House, season one OG Full House. <laughs> Candace Cameron Bure all over again. <laughs> it's full circle. Mm -hmm. It, everything comes back to Candace Cameron Bure, doesn't it? <laughs> She's the center of everything. <laughs> she is the sun in the holiday movie universe. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so the boys are all like, okay, what do we do now? I have to have a meeting. I need to go. So Taylor draws a short straw to be the first one to stay with the baby. This scene cracked me up because he still has the baby strapped in the car seat. And he's just sitting across from him. He's like, so you're a baby. That's cool. How's it going? <laughs> he tries to do magic tricks. He is like, are you a gamer? <laughs> he scares the baby with the loud video game sounds. It cracked me up. I do not know how they got this baby to cooperate as much as this baby did. But the facial expressions this baby gives, it is absolutely hilarious. We were LOLing the whole time the scene was going on. It is probably one of the best scenes in the movie, I think. Yes. That and then he he's like, oh, you want food? I have food. So he opens a can of powder <laughs> formula, drops it everywhere. He's everywhere. Like, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I've done I that. Have a car. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a sad day. 
And so I don't know why he doesn't have a car. Did they say that? He just doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's so he tries to get an Uber. The Uber's going to take too long. So he puts he cons a neighbor kid into paying $50 to borrow his wagon. Puts the baby, puts Thomas in the car seat in the wagon, and they walk to the grocery store to get <laughs> And he doesn't know what kind to get. He gets one of everything. The baby poops, and it's like, oh, you know, poop is gross, whatever. Um, then he goes to check out at the grocery store, and he, I guess, left his wallet or lost it somewhere in the wagon mm-hmm. purchase. Yep. Yep. He offers up his watch <laughs> for formula. The guy at Bobo Whole Foods is like, uh, excuse me, no, that's not going to work. And we learn later that he's been um, kicked out of two grocery stores in town and is not allowed back because he caused the scene. There you go. Stefan does a home visit with the redhead, and her side business is so sue me because her name's Susie, and she says. <laughs> she does alterations. She's coming on hot and heavy to him. Definitely flirty vibes, and he's not really reciprocating at all. So, primarily um, because of his social anxiety, he's very nervous. Yes. So, Taylor's exhausted from his shift with the baby. Stefan swoops in and is like, "How hard can it be? It's just a baby. He's little. I'm gonna make some cookies with the baby." And then, of course, we get a snap cut to it did not go well. There's flour everywhere. A baking montage gone awry. And (laughs) chaos ensued. The cookies are burnt. And it's not that funny to talk about, I guess, and explain. But it's very funny visually. So you should all go watch. Well, it's very much this, like, frazzled thing, which I think is great for his character. Because his character is obviously one of these super uptight kind of characters. So I think it works, yeah. They try to give the baby a bath, and it was kind of like one of those ghost moments where Paul Campbell was behind <laughs> Tyler Hines, like <laughs> trying to get, bathe the baby. Um, turns out Taylor bought adult diapers instead of baby diapers in his confusion at the store, which I thought was very funny. They go back to the store to get baby diapers, and they see the baby's first Christmas ornament display, one of those like little clay things that you can do the impression. Instead, they're like, well, that's not not cute so we could do that and i thought it was interesting they did it at the store i would do that but have you ever tried to do one of those like clay things that you do at home with the handprints or whatever it does not never i just we let have a friend do all of that <laughs> yeah well <laughs> we have a friend who i can tell you about later a mutual friend who tried that once and i think then the baby ate some of the clay and <laughs> it was a whole thing I'll protect his privacy but it did not go as well as it did for our boys here in this movie go figure yeah right <laughs> okay oh they see the co-worker um taylor's co-worker shows up and was like you have a baby now what was her name oh goodness i actually like her character yeah we see her throughout I the liked movie her a lot. yeah what was her name oh i don't know i didn't write it down I think I wrote it down later. Okay. Well, she shows up. She's very confused why he has a baby. And she's like, hey, thanks for uh, losing your job. Because now we're all working overtime to try to make up for mm-hmm. you not being here. And mm-hmm. it's very frosty moment. Not very blurry. At- not at all. Yeah, she's mad. They try to sure. put the swing together. And finally, the baby falls asleep, which was the cutest thing. Because he fell asleep kind of with his little hand in the air, which was very, like, I think that baby really was asleep, right? I mean. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when they're that little, they just kind of get stuck in rigor mortis in one position and it's very cute mm-hmm. but then who comes charging in luke, luke. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, honey, I'm home. Startles the baby. <laughs> and then they do this whole bit like they're the angry wife. Like, where have you been? Da, 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 da. Giving him the business. And he's like, it's fine. It's just a baby. I will. You guys take a load off. I'll take care of the baby. We'll be good. The next morning, Luke has been flawless with the baby. And they're like, well, we just got him warmed up for you. That's why. <laughs> he was able to make the cookies. He did all the stuff. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take the baby and go get groceries and run errands. He's loading in stuff, I guess, in the back of the car. He sees some rowdy children, like, beating up an inflatable snowman. He's like, boy, some really, some people should really keep a better eye on their kids. Picks up the car seat, and it has the blanket over the car seat, so you can't see the child, but you just, you know they're in there, but they're trying to keep them warm. Loads them in, gets them home. We all know where this is going. He grabbed the wrong baby. Did this part give you as much anxiety as it gave me? Because I was... <laughs> but did you ever watch Friends? The TV show Friends? Once or twice, yeah. Okay, did well, there's an episode where Chandler and... Um, oh, not Ross. The other guy. Joey are babysitting Ross's baby. And they're on the mm-hmm. subway. And somehow they get the wrong baby. And mm. then they have to remember, was he wearing duckies? Or what was he wearing? And they have to go back to the bus station to get the baby. And it's a whole mm. thing. So... My mind instantly sort of went to, oh gosh, this is an Amber Alert. You know, it was literally... If it wasn't an Amber Alert in the beginning when the they just didn't call, you know, DCS in the beginning of the movie, it would certainly be an Amber Alert now and all of our phones would be going off and everybody would be mad about it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, when they show this new baby, though, it kind of, it's shot as though you're the baby looking at these three men. Which like, I thought was so great. <laughs> and Tyler Hines just goes, yep, not ours. Yep, not ours. <laughs> and this baby's hair was like <laughs> static electricity Albert Einstein hair sticking up. It was so funny. So great. Next cut, Luke is talking to the police. And he's like, oh, it could have happened to anybody. But could it have? <laughs> That's no. my worst nightmare. Okay, so after the they retrieved the right baby, the brothers are kind of getting into it because how could you let this happen? You don't even mm-hmm. care about anybody but yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then Stefan says, hey, the baby's all alone. We're all he has. New plan. We need to be all hands on deck and work together for the baby. So one of them says, what do people even do with babies? They're like potatoes with arms, which is kind of true. Kind of true. Right? Yeah. How old was this baby, do you think? Like six months-ish? That seemed about right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what they decide to do is they load up and they go to a Christmas village, which I think was beautiful. It was like these three guys, they're walking around a Christmas village. They're doing the thing. They decide that they're going to do some elf costumes and a picture with Santa. And so they go all in, which I thought was a really fun scene. We get this moment where all these three guys are decked out in elf gear and the baby has his own elf gear on and they take this picture with Santa Claus. And it was just like these three brothers who obviously have had their problems relationally, the three of them together, are finally doing something together, you know, and it was it was really, I thought, a good scene. Well, it was good because it was kind of the first Christmas feels we've really gotten to up to this yeah. point. This movie could have happened any time of year. So that's a good it's point. It's good to have yeah. some Christmas vibes. And the photo is very reminiscent of the photo the mom was looking at in the beginning of the movie when she took the boys to that same market when mm. they were younger. That's so, a good point. I hadn't noticed that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then they go ice skating and Taylor sees Fiona. That's the ex-girlfriend. There you I go. I knew I wrote yeah. it down somewhere. 
Fiona. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I forgot my gloves. I don't know if I'm going to go ice skating. He gives her his gloves and a lot of smolder is what I wrote down to go with it. Well, he starts to confront his inner demons at this point, you know, where he starts to realize that maybe this whole attitude that he has is not serving him well, right? And it's interesting that his interaction with the baby and his interaction with his brothers in the midst of all of this is sort of softening him just a little bit to the reality of his life, which I thought was great. like cream cheese sitting on the counter. Very much so, yes. (laughs) Um, they have a slumber party when they get back home in their jammies. And like you said, the ice starts to thaw between them and they keep saying it's for baby. And I thought that was really sweet. For baby. The next morning, they're sterilizing bottles or arguing over whether or not you have to wash the sterilized bottles, rather. And they decide, you know what? We need to give mom the Christmas she deserves and compete in the town Christmas exterior illumination competition in hopes of beating Mark LeClark, the neighbor, because he wins the past, or he's won the past four years. This year, you get a cruise to Turks and Caicos if you win, and Mom's never been to Turks and Caicos. So that's what propels us through the next half of the movie, is this exterior illumination genre. Yes, as judged by News, 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 apparently. So stay tuned. So they decide they need a theme. Tyler Hines is dressed up in medieval wear and says it should be medieval Christmas. And he just keeps saying it over and over again. <laughs> he has like a, a helmet and an axe or something. I don't know. It's just medieval Christmas. I think we're tossing around some ideas. I think it should be medieval Christmas. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, Susie shows up. I said stalking Stefan, but she made him a cra- casserole because... She knows how hard it is to take care of a baby, and she loves that he picked out a noble fir tree when they were at the Christmas market. Mm, so there could be a little love blossoming here. Mm-hmm. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies plays, and they all bust out into their dance routine from when they were younger. <laughs> it is a sight to behold, dear listener. Oh, it is worth the price of admission, and it is some impressive choreography. Yeah. That's all I'll say about it. Swimming, except you're standing. (laughs) Right. That's exactly. I know if you're only listening, this won't make sense. Lots of. Oh wait, yeah. Can we do it? It's a lot of this. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's some robot. (laughs) For the YouTube audience, right there. (laughs) That's That's a special thing for them. Okay. So back at the firehouse, a boy walks in and he um, lost his dad who worked there a while back. His name is Adam. He's wanting to see another fireman. I don't know why. I guess it just maybe he's friends with his dad. Mm-hmm. But that guy's not there, but Luke is. And so Luke kind of tells him, hey, this has been a growing experience for me. I'm learning how to, you know, kind of take care of somebody else, yada, yada. But because Luke is being very kind to this boy, he misses the appointment to go to the store with the other brothers and buy things like a yard nativity and exterior decor. Of course. They get salty because Luke has the car. And so they ended up having to like put all of their stuff on a cab, I guess, on the top of the cab and hold it the whole way home. And (laughs) then they get into a big fight when they get home because... Luke's always putting everybody else in front of them. Family doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with that. I think Luke would totally put the family ahead of mundane stuff. Mm, I don't know. I think that they were... Maybe not? And maybe they didn't demonstrate this enough in the film, but it was very clear that 
his priority was to work and to the fire hall and to doing all the right things for everybody else. And so I think maybe the brothers were trying to say, you do so much for everybody else when there's stuff happening here that you're ignoring. So maybe that was the source of that. Um, Luke goes to a firehouse charity auction and Stefan's alone with the baby and the baby gets a rash on his chest which if you are a parent you know rashes can be very triggering very been there done that mm-hmm. and so they he rushes the baby to the ER and that's where we meet I don't know the doctor's name but it's Dr. Uh, Sustead <laughs> Dr. Sustead our queen Kimberly Sustead comes out and it's like this baby, the diaper change. <laughs> this baby's totally healthy. He's just cutting a tooth. But all the brothers had rushed to the ER, so they kind of make amends and realize, you know, again, <laughs> the ice thaws between them. It's a very frozen and thawing situation. It's, it's, um, you never know where it's going to be, but they've thawed for now. And let me just say, Kimberly Sustet, I loved her in Lights, Camera, Christmas. I love that she helped write this movie and I loved her little cameo bit in this film. Kimberly Sustet, in the off chance that you happen to be listening now, what, 25 minutes into our tiny little podcast here, would you please come on the podcast just so that we could shower you with praise and tell you That's just all we how need. much. We won't literally. ask you any personal questions. No, I just want you to come on our podcast so we can tell you how great you are because she has this knack of just acting like everybody that you would want to be friends with, you know? And I just Mm -hmm. think that that's such a rare quality in an actress, especially in these kind of movies where it goes beyond the person that could live next door to you. It's like the person who lives next door to you who you really want to be friends with, right? It's that kind of quality about her that I think I'm like all in on Kimberly Sustet. Well, then you need to watch the rest of her catalog. You need to watch Nine Lives of Christmas. I watched Nine Kittens of Christmas. I don't know if you've seen the follow-up. Oh, yeah. you just shook your head like you didn't like it. But yeah, I... It was fine, but the original was way better. So okay. The... I tried to watch the original. It's not available right now on Friendly. But the sequel okay. was, and we loved it, and I thought it was fantastic. So she could do no wrong in my eyes. That and Christmas by Starlight. Her and Paul Campbell wrote mm. it and they star together in it. And it, I think it was out, was it last year or the year before? Also very good. I think it was two years ago. I have it recorded just to watch it again. There so, you go. So the brothers reconcile in the car and they get back to work decorating. Mark LeClerc drinks his coffee the next morning and does a spit take because he sees all of the merriment that they've added to the front yard and that will never do. So he starts taking stuff all his tacky inflatables and things to the roof were going up with his decoration. And so the boys start to call in favors. Um, they call Susie and she brings costumes because, oh, because she's a seamstress. Yeah, see, it all makes sense. That did not make sense to me earlier. I was like, why does she have an in with um, mm-hmm. wise men and nativity costumes? But <laughs> okay, now I see you, you know. Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, news, news, news shows up and... <laughs> So Mark has won four years in a row. They're ready to do the judging of the the decor. They do Mark's first, and he has like lightsabers and this whole thing. So Cut tacky. To, yeah, the brother's house. Um, <laughs> they have the inflatable nativity outside, and then a fire truck comes down the street with the North Star 
lit up on the crane. And so they kind of hover that above. And I forgot to mention Taylor has been working with Fiona on like reprogramming like music and lights and all that jazz to really make it pop. And they all get dressed up in their wise men outfits. They make the baby, baby Jesus. Susie's Mary. They don't have a Joseph. But they go out. Paul Campbell's Stefan is very nervous, very anxious. But they're like, you just have to stand there. You don't have to do anything. They all go out. And the lights are on. And then two seconds later, they're off. Did this next scene give you Christmas vacation vibes? Very much so. Because it was that whole thing where they had put all of this effort into it and I actually appreciated that it was like a oh it's gonna work it's gonna work oh it didn't work like I actually felt that sort of oh like I wanted them to win I did you feel the same way about it absolutely so the lights aren't on they're like she's like stall stall until um I can try to get the lights on and the boys go rogue and start trying to reenact the nativity and andrew walker steps out and says ahoy they go off script and it is hilarious because clearly they don't understand the nativity story at all (laughs) no not at all but stefan knows the most and he's trying to whisper and direct him a little bit and then he kind of takes over and then at one point they simba the baby up in the air and there's like a (laughs) smattering of awkward applause because nobody really knows what's happening and they say Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night, which was not part of the nativity story, I'm pretty sure. Nope. And then mom nope. shows up in the crowd and she starts singing Silent Night. And oh. she has her phone in the air like a lighter and everybody else kind of joins in. And then they get the lights to come back on, Team Fiona, and Mark LeClark wins anyways. Of course. I, I agree know, with you. I appreciate that. I thought they were going to, and they win for the first year ever. But no, it's they didn't need to win. His display was way better. His display was way better. But that's not, and that's what I liked about this, is that's not what it was about. It wasn't about them beating Mark LeClark. It was about them doing something together. And so I really liked that they didn't have them win this because I thought that that was very true to the story and very true to who they were as a family. And I thought it was just, it was great. And they were okay in that wing. They're like, oh, okay. And Mark's like, hey, you can come over and crush some eggnog with me sometime. They're like, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, because he mentioned an eggnog keg and I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. (laughs) I don't like eggnog. Do you like eggnog? What? Oh, I love eggnog. My grandmother, my grandmother, Mary Blank, handed down to me our family eggnog recipe, which I might have to share on the podcast. Simply because it is my great, great grandmother's eggnog recipe. And I actually have it in her handwriting on an index card framed that I put out at Christmas every year because it just reminds me of my family. It's one of my favorite things. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a kismet eggnog at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Is it minus, behind a trap door in the wall? Minus the necessity to put it under your pillow and sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't feel too good. It'd be a little messy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. No, I, I we eggnog was not a big deal to us, so that was not a personal memory I have. But I mean, I'm glad you it is... get down with a keg of eggnog. It is pretty gross at the end of the day because it's eggs and milk, which is, you know. 
a little bit Not gross. Too big but on either of those things. Hey, listen, if you put enough alcohol in something, it makes anything good. So stay tuned. There you go. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own. Yes. So at this point, we hear a voice in the crowd saying, Thomas, my baby. And I was like, oh, man, Ugh. she came back. I know. I had the Which same Which is not reaction. what we should have the reaction for. But I kind of forgot that she was coming back. And she did. So the mom, Sophie, returns. She said, yes, she's a single mom. She was trying to just kind of clear her head and get her act together, I guess. And so she came back. Turns out Luke was there when she was in labor. And I guess he helped deliver the baby. That's the inference here. And kept her calm and all Mm -hmm. of this. And so, um, so they all say a very heartwarming and touching goodbye to Thomas. And I was like, but can't they just like keep him <laughs> can't Sophie just move in with there with them and they can all live together I thought so but yeah there was just no way I think they were going to be able to do that yeah I know um so they give mom the photo that they took at the market and that's her gift instead of a cruise to Turks and Caicos they have a big group hug and then Stefan knocks on Susie's door like a weekish later. It's almost New Year's. And um, he says that he did the speech at the animal shelter and it was terrible. And he passed out halfway through. <laughs> but turns out Susie's a delight because he said, you know, I realized that as anxious as I was the first, you know, I didn't want to run and hide anymore. I wanted to tell you about it. And mm. so they are in love, basically. Which is great because their personalities are perfect for each other. They're both kind of quirky and, yeah, made for each other, I think. Mm-hmm. Then we see Taylor. He gets his job back at Fun and Games. He apologizes to Fiona and swears he'll be different now. And I, I want to believe him. I think he can do it. He can turn things around. I He's think learned so a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole thing about this movie is that these three guys have definitely changed because of their experience with this baby you know and I think that that's sort of the the prevailing message and really I think the best part of this whole story here yeah yes and last Luke takes the ornaments that they'd made with the little baby's first Christmas ornament to Sophie yes Sophie the mom and says you're not Mm -hmm. alone I'd be happy to watch Thomas whenever you need it she invites him in I would have been good if we ended there. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we get a one year later card and we jump to one year later. They're in Luke's new house. He finally finished his house. So Luke is with Sophie now. So Thomas is his pseudo stepson or I don't know if they're married or I didn't Oh, see, I didn't married. necessarily jump to that because I didn't see oh, really? any sort of. Yeah, I didn't see any kind of like romantic anything between the two of them which I thought was actually quite nice of them because they didn't sort of play it heavy handed that the two of them were all of a sudden together and he was this baby's kind of pseudo stepdad. Huh. Cause that's totally what I thought they did. And I didn't like it. It was going to be my lump of coal to get ahead of ourselves here. I didn't like that. He, they put them together at the end. I thought that was too easy breezy. Yeah, I didn't at all jump to that conclusion. In fact, that was actually one of my high points of this is that they didn't force that relationship because I didn't pick up on any kind of committed relationship. I just more picked up on a 
they were still involved in this baby's life kind of thing. Got it. Well, I like that better. So we're going to go with that. Okay. I hope great. that you're right. Okay. <laughs> so then, okay, then I'm fine with it. Okay. So this is why so we need to get Thomas. Kimberly Sustad on the podcast so we can get some clarity around this very key point here. <laughs> Please tell me, Kimberly. <laughs> and um, Taylor is with Fiona. Stefan is with Susie, Susie. And they're all living happily ever after at Christmas. And then the boys start to do their sugar plum dance again. Of course. Okay, it's time for our gold or coal segment where we each give three gifts, much like the three wise men at the Mm. nativity. If it's more gold, it's a happy baby. And if it's more coal, it's a stinky diaper. And if it's a tie, it's just a meh, three Christmas. Josh, you go first. I am going to give gold out of the gate all the feels here. I just felt like the family dynamics here were just really well explored. All three of these guys had flaws because of their tortured relationship with their father who checked out early on in their development. And I think that they realized through the course of the movie how that had impacted them and how that didn't really serve them. And I think that their experience with this baby really sort of changed their outlook on life. And I appreciate that this was a movie that wasn't so much about them finding love as it was about them becoming better versions of themselves. And I think that that is so often a message that we don't often get in these movies. And I think it really played well in this. Yes, I love that it wasn't all about the love story. There were love mm-hmm. stories intertwine but it wasn't the focus at all Mm -hmm. i agree um my first piece of gold will be the lol moments i Mm -hmm. genuinely laughed out loud at least two-thirds of the movie (laughs) and then the third that i wasn't laughing i was feeling emotions of some sort so i thought it was really well done really well written and really well executed yeah my second piece of gold is for the script here as you sort of indicated i thought this was just really exceptionally well written i just thought it was well paced it was well executed i felt like it actually went somewhere it was easy to follow it was just really fun to watch i thought i will give some gold to that baby or babies who played (laughs) thomas i'm telling you at least if he never gets an emmy or an oscar or anything like that We'll give him some gold right here. He was so good. (laughs) I would be very curious to know what they were doing behind the scenes to make all that happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Movie magic. And my third piece of gold here is going to be, I just really appreciated that there was an emphasis that, and we actually heard this when the son of that fallen firefighter shows up at the fire station and we get Luke trying to sort of help this kid. He says, you know, sometimes pain and joy go hand in hand. Right. And I think that that's really just so true in life. And sometimes these movies can feel like they're outside of the normal realm of what life experience is all about. But this actually felt to me to be a movie that was true to form in terms of what life could look like right and and so i really appreciated that message and i appreciated the overall sort of like this is real life for these people in the circumstance and it felt like something that 
okay, let's put aside like the DCS involvement and all that sort of stuff to the side. But this felt like something that could really be a family's journey in terms of trying to understand how their trauma in their past impacted their outlook on life in the present and deciding to make changes for their future. And I really appreciated that sort of that element. So beautifully said. Oh, well, thank My, you. I was going to give a piece of coal because I did not like that they put Luke with Sophie at the end, but you have convinced me and we're choosing to believe right now that they are not together. They're just maybe friends. Maybe they have a little flirt mance, whatever, but they're not necessarily betrothed to one another. So I'm going to change it to gold and I'm going to give it to the mom and the mother son relationship because mm. a lot of times the mom is like a eccentric person or when are you going to give me grandchildren and kind of looney tune. And I thought the woman who played this mom was very down to earth, relatable, even though the sons didn't always get along with each other. You can tell she had a very close relationship and a good relationship with each of them. And I think that's really special and not something we always see. So mm -hmm. kudos to her. Yeah, even though she again. left him high and dry for Aunt Louise. <laughs> well, and again, I think it all just goes back to the way this whole story was conceived, the way it was written, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it just worked. So bottom line, it was six gold, zero coal. And so overall, we absolutely think this one is worth your time. It is a happy baby through and through. And Jennifer, dare I say it, this might be a contender for one of the best ones this season, for me at least. I just, it was funny, it was heartfelt, it felt true to life, like it was just a really fun, great movie to watch, I thought. Was, and it's definitely one I would watch over and over again. I mean, this is going to be in the rotation every year. Variety mm -hmm. did an article actually earlier today as we're... Um, recording and we're coming to air <laughs> breaking news <Yeah. laughs> breaking news 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 is in the building and <laughs> it averaged 3.6 million total viewers its first night its premiere night mm -hmm. and it's hallmark's most watched movie of the year and the second most watched cable program of the week trailing only behind paramount network's giant hit yellowstone that's a mm -hmm. big deal Big you don't deal. see that kind of, those kind of numbers with these movies and no certainly not before we, thanksgiving too i mean we're not even like really into christmas season yet too that's a big deal the the general we the royal we we you and i True. have been into christmas for a very long time but of course yeah <laughs> but yeah so i think that's just a testament to the build-up the cast they put together and I'm so glad it exceeded our expectations. Well, and let's be clear. I mean, they obviously made this movie to center around these three guys, right? I mean, oh, yeah. that's very clear what they were trying to do here. But it could have been a movie that was dumb, right? And just had these three guys <laughs> in it. But it wasn't. Like, it was a movie that actually had meaning and message. And it felt like they actually tried really hard to do something that was different and meaningful and sentimental and fun to watch. And I just, I mean, I, I know I'm just sort of glowing about it at this point, but I just thought it was that good. It was that good. And fun fact, I was double checking was what I was looking up. So Tyler Hines and Andrew Walker are actually real life cousins through Andrew Walker's marriage to Hines's cousin. Oh, stop. 
That makes me and like these guys even more. Briefly in the other ones movies last year. Um, I think Andrew Walker on Unexpected Christmas, he was like at the bar at the same time as Tyler Hines. And I don't mm-hmm. remember what the other cameo was, but yeah. So the fact that they're real life friends all just made it that much better. You believed it all. So I'm here for it. I'm happy. It will be, I mean, it's definitely up there. I'm not ready to say what my number one of the season is because I don't know, but it's up there yeah. for sure. Well, and I just need you to know, I wrote on my notes, contender, contender. So stay tuned. We got about oh half the season to go, but I mean, this is up. There I was just me. counting. So this is our 10th movie, the new movie batch since we mm-hmm. drafted them. So we have 10 more. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. We are just plowing through the season. It's going so quickly. I know. I know. And that, friends, is another episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? And gosh, this was a fun one, Jennifer. Special thanks to Nick Schwarz for our theme song and, of course, to you for listening. Hey, if you like our podcast, review, subscribe, tell a friend. We are officially into the Christmas season now that it's Black Friday. So be sure to get everybody on board with celebrating the holidays here with us on the podcast we're also on facebook and instagram at do you watch what i watch so give us a follow leave a comment and you can also connect with us on our website at do you watch what i watch.com where jennifer you'll also be able to check out all of our new merch offering offerings merch store absolutely and we will be promoting that on the socials as well so don't you fear <laughs> this episode will be released on Black Friday, like we said. If you're looking for another Black Friday movie, we did review Destined at Christmas earlier this season, and it is the perfect movie to watch on Black Friday. So if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend it. I think it was lovely. I do too. Good point. Yes. All right. So next time we've got another Hallmark flick coming your way. And yes, this is one of my draft picks, A Royal Corgi Christmas. The production company, by the way, is Bassett Hound Distribution, just for the record here. And here's the lowdown from IMDb. Prince Edmund, to ingratiate himself with his mother, gives her mistletoe, which after several disasters turns to Cecily, an expert in dogs. They will discover that love can grow in unexpected places, questioning what they really want. Hmm. Those IMDb synopses. Woof. Yeah, who writes <laughs> these things? Yeah, For a right? dog movie. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> we will have much to discuss, and until then... May your days be merry and bright. We will see you next time. <laughs>